Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we're starting. Donaldson Files. Um, I am Coco. For those of you who don't know me, um, I don't know why you're here, but okay, welcome. And uh, so we have we have a couple guests, and I guess I'm kind of hosting solo tonight, unless Tom's here, which he uh-huh. is not. That's okay. Um, well, I'm Coco, and we're gonna kind of do something a little different today we're going to kind of talk about the holidays it's going to be kind of like christmas show because i won't be back tomorrow as i am off until after new year's um but with me we have we're going to start with we have elizabeth charney she is a model and i'm jealous of her looks completely um welcome elizabeth hi i love you thank you Uh, we also have Cece Harrison, um, who actually works um, in the psychology field. So, hello, Cece. Hello. Hello. And, of course, we have Lauren, who is a teacher. She is in Ireland, although I know her from the States. So, hello. Hi. How's everybody tonight? Yeah. Um, hello. Good. Oh, Mina. Hello, hello. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, I've had kind of a crazy week. Uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I got, I literally redid the entire bedroom in a day. We did like wallpaper, and I we built a brand new headboard, and I we finished this like in under like ten hours. So. Um, <laughs> That's my boring life. I miss going out. I miss, you know, <laughs> actually going out. But I am going to be ordering uh, drinks tonight because I thought, you know what, uh, I I deserve it. <laughs> so I am ordering some nice whiskey and ginger ale and a bunch of other good crap. Um, holidays, I'm actually really excited about. Um, it's going to be like my first Christmas because, like, I'm Jewish. So, but my boyfriend is not, and so we are celebrating Christmas, um, and we're going to have his daughter over. She's going to be spending the night, and it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, uh, it's funny. I, like, I, I literally have never really celebrated Christmas, and, like, this year, like, I totally ignored Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> like totally not on purpose but like I had a menorah that I brought over and then like I just never lit it it's just like, sitting there it's just sitting there it's it's like I'm not I don't even know why I have it but uh I decorated the tree which was like really fun um and then I, I don't really cook 
So we ended up uh, ordering a Christmas dinner via Whole Foods. So I'm actually really excited about not cooking. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I want to know what you guys are doing for the holidays. Uh, Elizabeth, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, you know, I got, uh, I'm going to the Cuban crazy house, my mother's house. For Christmas, oh, no. we do like you know, electron feed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have uh, have my Christmas tree up already. I decorated that like after Thanksgiving, um, to bring some delightment in my. But um, nothing too crazy. I mean, you know, Florida, we are thankfully open, and you're allowed to go and, you know, freely go out to some capacity. We just have some um, the time restrictions at night, like curfews and stuff. Um, but you know, trying to keep it fairly quiet this Christmas because it hasn't been the best year for me, that's for sure. Right. And this has nothing to even do with COVID. So, right. Um, yeah, you know. And it was my birthday last weekend. So, you know, just oh, getting over. All that. Hi. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You guys are amazing. And it's just it's good to be back on the show with you guys. So, thank you again, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny because, like, we're both Cuban, even though, like, people don't realize I'm Cuban and then, like, I'll speak Spanish and they're just like, oh, you speak Spanish. They're like, you speak Spanish really well. (laughs) Yeah, it's my first language. (laughs) (laughs) And so, no, but it's, it's so funny because, like, I, it's it's so weird. It's like I mean, I, I'm from Miami as well. Um, That's right. And so like, there's like people don't understand that there's Cuban Jews, and it's hilarious because like, if you go to LA and you say, "Well, I'm Cuban Jewish," they're like, "Oh my god, I had no idea that exists." I'm like, "Have you never been to Miami?" Wow. Like, <laughs> Hello, Aventura. I know, I know. Yeah. But uh, Cece, right. what are you doing? You're in Canada, right? I am. You are. I'm, I'm having Christmas dinner with a with a man friend, and um, just you know, watching movies and maybe play a little backgammon. And uh, I, so we're we're locked down. We can only have one or two people in our bubble in our house at a time. So we we've both got kids that we're not spending Christmas with, but we'll do okay. Yeah, I mean, I know that's hard. Um, like you know uh this year like i know that my boyfriend's daughter she's she's like they don't go out at all um mostly because her her mom is like asymptomatic so she's really like you know she has asthma and so does um my my boyfriend's daughter so i really don't go out that much unless like i have to walk my dog or like if i go to starbucks or something you know um other than that i really i really don't do I really haven't been going out, but um, Lauren, you're in Ireland, so I am in Ireland. <laughs> you are yes, this is crazy. What, what time is it over there? Um, it is after um, eleven in the evening, and um, <laughs> I've been up very early this morning since four thirty. Um, but oh. I'm just that early person anyway. Um, however, oddly enough. I am having a really good Christmas season this year. Um, I have been filled with the Christmas spirit, um, probably because a lot of my students are, well, I have students from the age of seven, and I have students into the ages of 
um, their mid-40s and who travel the world. So I have all these different perspectives about, about um, different cultures, and so I get to enjoy um, people and their, and their different lives as they travel the world, and they tell me about their cultures, and I learn about right. their lives. Um, all from never leaving my flat since I have, I'm now entering into my third lockdown um, starting tomorrow. So wow. when Ireland yeah. says they're going into a lockdown, they really go into their lockdown. It's not like you could, you know, you can just go, you have a little curfew. No, you, you stay home. And they take it very seriously yeah. here. And it's not like they wait for like a thousand, you know, um, you know, infections. I mean, it hits like 400 and like, okay, that's it. You know, we care about you. You know, you're, you we're taking, we're handling things. So yeah. as of tomorrow, we're, we're really into a hard lockdown and everything's oh, closing okay. and that's fine. And people take it seriously and, and they're good with it because they know once it, we suppress it for a while, we, we could open up sooner and then things get good. It's only but because people got very careless and it was because they were letting people into the country and always like through another country that came in and that's how the infections got up. But other than that, um, I, they have an amazing um, delivery services here of the best restaurants that are allowed to stay open for deliveries. So the right. economy is still going. Which is amazing. So yeah. they're still keeping the economy going. So there's ways to I mean, do this. Then, you know. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, that's what I'm basically doing. Like, for, for Thanksgiving, like, again, I didn't want to cook. Because <laughs> I knew if I did, I would, like, burn the house down. And um, that's, like, why I looked at Whole Foods. And apparently, like, they have, like, each holiday season, whatever it is, they have, like, a Christmas feast. And I was, like, Yep, like they, I ordered prime rib with like, like uh, just so many appetizers, and I was like, and it feeds like eight people, and there's only going to be four of us, so we're going to have some good leftovers. So that's what I decided to do. Um, but we have Tom on the line, actually. So Tom, hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, for uh, what? I was having I was having some phone issues for some reason. Oh, uh, I didn't know <laughs> I was, for some reason. Like that son of a bitch left me to host a show by myself. <laughs> no, uh, no, I was it's, like, no, it's like what? No, I'm, I'm sitting there because for a while I was like, okay, you couldn't hear me, but I could hear you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like yeah, so. Psych- yeah, but no, we, you're not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> which, which reminds me, we have to take a quick break. This is Tom Donaldson, Coco Konski, with special guest Elizabeth Charney, uh, Cece Harrison, and Lauren Bies, the official European correspondent to the Donaldson Files. And also, I forgot that Cece Harrison is the official Canadian correspondent to the Donaldson Files. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then Elizabeth Charney, now if you want, I mean, you, we can make you the official Florida Oh wow, yeah. that would be an honor. We definitely need to Yeah, this is okay, Tom Don's Coco Kanski here on the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics. 
then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you missed the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. Yes, the, yeah, don't forget to also to, to listen to our show and all the other shows. Let me just make sure because we do have a new website. We have a new website, so and and I'm gonna and basically it's the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. The Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. You can listen to all of our shows anytime, anywhere. Uh, for example, if you want to listen to this Christmas show for over the next three days. You can come on the Bachelor Radio News Network dot com, and you can hear it all. All right. Uh, so uh, I, I heard everybody's first part. So I, it sounds like. Uh, so I guess. Uh, so let me ask everybody one question here. What's the biggest? I mean, do you ever feel pressure? Is there any issues out there that you know that maybe you that affects you over the Christmas holidays, you know, getting everything too perfect or um, I'll go first. Um that's a definite no. Um because like I, I know whatever Christmas like I celebrate or whatever holiday, like it's gonna turn out okay. It's gonna turn out fine. Um, you know, like Thanksgiving. Uh I wasn't it was just the two of us, um And I think even with the pandemic, it probably would have been two of us without the pandemic. So I I don't, I don't say I'm going to make all these wonderful foods or, you know, I will bake a pie because I know uh, Steve's daughter loves pies and she likes, she likes sweets. So I have no problem doing that, but that's like the whole reason why I decided to kind of like pre-order our dinner was because like literally it's all pre-cooked. All I have to do is like literally put it in the oven and just heat up the sides or whatever. So I don't strive to make like the perfect holiday because no holiday honestly is like truly perfect. The only thing I do struggle with honestly is like kind of wrapping up presents. I suck at wrapping and that's clearly evident under the Christmas tree right now. Because it looks like a five-year-old just decided to slap on wrapping paper with like sticky notes. It's horrible. <laughs> That's funny. It sucks. Yeah. Okay, um, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Question for you, Elizabeth. Now you, uh, you live in Tampa, correct? You still live in Tampa? At Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And now you're. Now where's your family? Most of your family's in Miami. So yeah, they're um they're in Miami and the you know uh, surrounding area where I'm at in Broward County per se. I'm I'm located in the Fort Lauderdale area, but um you know obviously yeah. um father being exactly Jewish, where that is. mom, you know you girl you know I'm waiting for you to come down here. Go go. So I I I'm uh, gonna try seriously. I'm gonna try. All my please. family's in Miami. Mom or me, huh? You gotta come down here, and I gotta I gotta get you. I got. But um, besides, you know, I would love to get Coco down here. I um I got family in town, and uh, you know, my dad's Jewish, mom is Catholic, 
So I celebrate right. Hanukkah, Christmas. I got the menorah, but I, I the same thing happened to me this year. I didn't light anything. I just left it there <laughs> for looks. And then, um, but you know, obviously with my birthday, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, it just all falls on top of everything. And that's one of the biggest right. problems that I have with the holidays is because I just can't maneuver all of that at once. And then I usually try to take charge of everything. And you know, I've had a lot of problems over the last few months. Got dumped. And uh, it's been a little difficult, you know, and this year I haven't really given a, you know, a, a, you know what about the holidays. I really love the holidays. What makes me really sad because it's just all those beautiful um, celebrations over and over again. Obviously, and here in Florida, we're a little bit less restricted. So um, it is nice, but I am not seeing my majority of my family this year because a lot of them are located in other like places in the U.S and overseas so you know obviously traveling and everything so i'm just trying to keep it fairly simple since my biggest issue has been that uh situation so yeah holidays are whatever for me <laughs> yeah, no. all right how about you Cece? i mean i know um, you mentioned you have a gentleman friend uh, yeah your head, so so let me put it this way is there any extra pressure to put the perfect christmas dinner no, not not really. I I'm actually enjoying most of the Christmas Eve prep this year. Um, I lost a week because I had a bit of an injury, so I'm I'm playing a bit of catch up. But uh, no, no, I don't feel any stress. I guess because there's two of us, so I'm not cooking for a bunch of people. And but I actually enjoy that. So the pressure there is just having all the food come out at the right time, I guess. But um, no, I feel good. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, okay. And how about you, Lauren? I mean, of course, Lauren, you're never under any pressure. No, that's not true. I'm just kidding you. The pressure, I know you do. The pressure I think I, I put on myself during the holidays is always on dealing with um, an emotional pressure of, of going back in memories of past Christmases of people that I've lost because I've lost so many family members and so many friends over my lifetime. Like I've lost, in, I think in four years I've lost 12 people. And that's a lot of people to lose. It really is. And these are not just like yeah. acquaintances. These are like real close family and friends. And and the fact that I'm always able to go on and, and, and have be positive, but always to endure these things pretty much alone and, and to always be hopeful, that's a lot to consider. And I think we could all agree, yeah. you know? So yeah, um, really. when, when the holidays come along, you know, especially this year, it's the first year without my mother. My mother passed this year. You know, this Christmas came along and I had to consider, oh, wow, this is the first year my mother's not here. You know, I had a choice to make. I really did. You know, am I going to make it like, oh, wow, this is the first year, you know, that my mother's not here, you know? And I I had to sit with that, and I did. I sat down, and I thought about it. And I said, I could either, like, wallow in this and, like, milk it for all it's worth and really put myself into such a state of depression, in isolation, you know, really, think about it, right? Alone, you know, with my boyfriend in another country that I can't see because we can't travel, right? Be really, really isolated. Yeah. 
and, and feel and make things probably ten times worse than they are or allow myself to move through it, which I did. I moved through it, and then I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I really started to focus on everything good that I remembered. And honestly, I want you to know this, and I say this with all sincerity, I came out so much better on the other side of it. And this is probably my best Christmas, and I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying my solitude because I'm not alone. And I'm enjoying every moment of this time here. I'm in a state of ease with all of this. I'm listening to Christmas music during a time when most people are in a lot of pain. That's my Christmas. Yeah. Well, let me ask a quick question. Right, because you have, what about, do you have still family members back in the U.S.? I do. I have two brothers, and I have one sister left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess my question, okay, so how do you, I mean, obviously you're, you know, obviously, I guess my question would be, is how do you do your Christmas with the three of them and their and their, and their families? Or do you like do a Zoom? Well, do you do a, a spike? No, a I spike? don't. First, no, what? I don't. Because first of all, um, all of them, um, with the exception of my oldest brother, who is um, everyone is extremely successful. Only the oldest one is married, who and no one has children. Um, and they're they're um, we were raised um, to be extremely self sufficient. Um, and I'm the only one that is, I would consider myself to be the empathetic one, the one that cares, the one that nurtures, the one, the rest of them, you know, at 18, they left the house and they really didn't care about anybody else. I was the only one that, you know, kept in contact to my detriment, you know. So now at this point, you know, they really never touch base anymore. That's, that's, that's the worst part, you know. So um, yeah, they keep in touch. They'll send emails. They'll do that kind of thing. But, no. you know, see, that's why we all have to understand our own sense of worth. We all have to understand no. self-care. We, and that's where, that's why this whole thing about the pandemic and about, and, and Elizabeth, I'm also speaking to you right now, and Cece and Coco, feel free to join in here in a minute. I'll be quiet, I promise. You know, regardless <laughs> of who comes and goes in our lives, it's not about who comes and goes in our lives because we stay in our lives and we are mm-hmm. who we are. We come here for a reason. We come here oh, to yeah. learn about things and to get better and to enjoy what is here, regardless of who is here. That's yeah. what it's about. <laughs> Thank All right. you. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, Coco, I mean, I got one quick, quick, right? You mentioned you, you know, cocaine, and you got your, I guess, soon. And I used to wear soon to be stepdaughter. Is that <laughs> too, is that too presumptuous? Hey, it's a bit. Um, I don't plan on, you know, we don't plan on doing anything like that for like at least another year or two. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. we're not we're not in a rush. I I feel like there's like such a pressure for like especially with people who live together. Like we've lived together over a year. Um, we've yeah. been dating like two years, almost two years. Yeah, God, that's 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 insane to me. 
Um, and so I just feel like there's this huge pressure of like, oh, when are you going to get married? And like, honestly, um, it doesn't matter if we ever get married. You know, I, 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 I love that kid. And to me, she's like, she's kind of like my mini me because it, it's, it's like you've seen us, to, if you ever see us together, um, this is like kind of embarrassing. People think she's like my little sister. <laughs> Because, like, we do look alike. We do look like we we definitely could be related. Um, but, you know, like I said, like, there's, like, this huge pressure to get married. And I'm just, like, you know, like, for example, like, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, they've been together, like, over 40 years. And they're not married. And it works out fine. So, for me, I'm just, I'm not in a rush to, uh, you know, get married. <laughs> I mean, I practically well, am married at this point. You know, um, but, you know, I don't really need, like, a paper to tell me. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, okay, well, hold on that thought. This is Tom Johnson, Coco Konski with Lauren Byers, Elizabeth Shardy, and uh, Cece Harrison for our Christmas special from the Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for media flu. Is I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. That's right, folks. Don't forget to get your flu shots. Uh, you know, I know that so it's important. Add that to your health list. The flu shots, important. All right, that's your PSA for the day. Now, here's the thing. Let me just repeat this again because uh, that you can listen to this show and other shows on the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. TheBachelorNewsRadioNetwork.com. It's our new website. We are making some new changes. We're going to make the show even greater than what it is right now. And you can basically go on the website and you can, for example, you can go click on the Donaldson files and you will have some of our past episodes. Plus you get some uh, really, uh, some really good looking pictures of Coco and myself. So you'll actually know what we look at, look like. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So that's just one of the one of those great things. So again, it's thebachelorradionewsnetwork.com. dot com. All right. I get. Uh, I'll, I'll get this over to, to you, CC, because you because um, you're in the counseling side. Have you? You know, I know you've seen a lot of upticks in your counseling, but here's the question. You know, how about during the holidays? Is anything that you see even more? Uh, oh my God, I know, could answer that for you, Tom. What? I'm asking Jesus, <laughs> then you can answer. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, of course. Uh, de- definitely, yes. Um, especially after just latest latest lockdowns and and you know people getting arrested in Canada for playing hockey because there's too many of them on the ice outside and. You know, this is Canada, so we're pretty big on winter sports and doing things outside. So it's starting to get tough. You know, this is the second year where hockey has been interrupted, and for us, that's a pretty big deal. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I've 
and friends too. You know, I'm, I'm spending as much time probably chatting and counseling with friends as I am actual clients. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Okay, Coco, you can add into it. Well, no, I was just saying, like, my God, have you ever seen a sitcom? It's like every, like, every episode, holiday episode, it's like somebody's being a therapist. I mean, there's truth to that, you know, especially during the holidays. Um, I would imagine, especially those who are alone and, you know, suffer from depression. And, you know, holidays is about gathering of people and, like, being around your loved ones. And a lot of these other people, they, they just they don't have that. So I can imagine, you know, that they would feel, I guess, more depressed and just more in kind of isolation than they would um, the other days. Hmm. So, I mean, I know for me, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I'm seeing a therapist and there was a point where she was taking, I guess, two weeks off. And I kept thinking to myself, Oh my God, I'm going to have like a mental breakdown if I don't talk to someone. Um, yeah. And, you know, cause like I have anxiety, I suffer from, you know, BPD and a lot of those times, like you just need to pick up the phone and like talk to someone. And I never really understood uh, the other side of it where people are like, well, can't you talk to your friends? And I'm like, that's not the same thing. I mean, yeah, I could talk to my friends, obviously, and tell them about my problems. But, you know, if I'm going to talk to somebody about what I'm feeling, you know, I want kind of a non-biased opinion of it. And that's why I'm in therapy. Okay. All right, let's guys change a little quick subject. Then we'll get back to the Christmas, but I don't uh, Elizabeth, you know you you know you've mentioned this before. You know, I kind and we kind of talked very briefly, but I know you've had some issues, yeah, you know, with your modeling side. And uh, yeah, if you want to share, yeah. if you want to go ahead and share that story, and absolutely, yeah. So you know, I mean, like I was, we were talking before the show, you know, how right. the, at least you know Coco really has a great great understanding as to how toxic and. Um, overbearing the industry can be and you know when you're a very professional person like me and Coco we come in we're here to do a job we see a vision a perspective and we're here objectively to do that on behalf of you know our reputation all that stuff a lot of people here like to be overly sexualized they want to take uh, you know certain media work that yes it might be um, seen in a certain way or it might be categorized in certain um, you know uh, genre within the industry, but it's based on the whole purpose of it is based on the premise that everybody's professional, but unfortunately the situation is not like that. So I recently had two situations where I had two separate photographers um, become very irate that I am the type of person that I'm always going to question any situation that I feel uncomfortable or that is of question, you know, and um, we need to protect mm-hmm. ourselves as women and we need to be very right. due diligent with our work and everything that we do and who we speak to and stuff because a lot of people at the end of the day, whether even it's, you know, a man or a woman in some type of position of authority, they want to take advantage or and if they can't do that, they try to, it's going, this really is about the crux of the cancel culture, I would say. So when someone doesn't like you, they try to cancel you. So I had two people consistently back to back try to cancel me because they didn't like that I spoke up and back. 
and um, to really not get into too much of the nitty-gritty because it got very, very ugly with the first photographer. He even called the police. This guy called the, po- the 911 to say the emergency was that I supposedly stole his intellectual property when we had an agreement. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, oh, girl. Oh, my God. Called the police, and that didn't work. He tried to had Instagram take down nine pictures. Then after that, he had some fake lawyer from Nevada send some letter there that didn't even make sense, jeopardizing his uh, bar license, right? That was the first one that tried to cancel me. Then the second one got upset that I questioned his portfolio and his pricing. I have This is an industry where you're allowed to negotiate the pricing. This is not Absolutely. a fixated price. Like, oh, I can charge, charge $10,000 for pictures. Like, what are you, crazy or something? So I was questioning his. Um, you know, hey, listen, buddy, what, can you justify this pricing? Because you're saying that you right. want to price yourself at this certain price point. And, and he got so upset, he tried to publicly shame me. He tried to get people to not work with me. Once again, coming, you know, full circle with the whole cancel culture thing. So I just, I decided to take a little bit of a break. I'm not really shooting for the rest of the year. I mean, I have shot with other photographers after those two incidents, but it's just really goes back to how this affects anybody. And I feel that a lot of people generalize in the sense of political affiliations that that's, oh, if you're on the left, this doesn't happen to you. And on the right, this happens to you. Or vice, no, no, no. This happens to eh, who This happens whomever. like left or right. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, I, I have been, you know, I, I've done some glamour modeling, you know, and it's like you have to be super careful with, like, who you associate yourself with. Um, like, cause they could be like the top photographer of the time and they're just complete sleaze, you know? And like, I've encountered that, you know, it, it, it's, it's just insane. And, you know, you have every right to question someone's portfolio, you know? And I, I just, I, it doesn't, it honestly doesn't surprise me that it happened. It doesn't surprise me, and I, I kind of laugh at the whole fake lawyer because they always try to pull this stunt um, a lot of the times that I've seen. You know, I, I have a really good friend of mine. She's a top model um, uh, like in France here and in Lithuania, and, oh. you know, she, she had an altercation with, like, a really high-profile uh, producer, at the time, yeah. who actually now in prison. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's just, it's that just like weaponizing authority. Yeah. Like, that's what they try to do, right, Coco? That's what they try to do For to sure. you, to other people, to everybody. They try to utilize this authority and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to project that on you because that's the way to get you to comply. The same thing with my ex. Right? He thinks that because he's a millionaire, he can sexually extort me so then I comply and not speak out against him and all this stuff. And then they tried to use the, the power of, you know, whether it's the power of the police, which I think is, was horrifying, because this, that spoke to how the police, at least where I'm located, did not handle that situation. I, I even had to file, like, a, a police officer complaint against that officer because it seemed like that was one of his friends. He called his friend, whatever. But that guy was calling my cell phone from the department like an idiot instead of calling me from a private number. I mean, it was just a horrifying situation. God. So the weaponization yeah. of such authority, I think, is just very horrifying because it's those same people that say, oh, yeah, we're empowering women. We're elevating them or trying to cancel them when they don't comply. It's kind of creepy and crazy. A lot. Right. Yeah. Okay, let me, yeah, let me kind of bring in Lauren and Stacey. Okay, Lauren, have you ever 
in your career ever experienced anything of this nature? I know you've been on the – do you have any similar problems or issues with this in your career? I've had so many issues with – I've had so many issues in a professional situation, so many. Like, I'm just listening. It just – it just doesn't end. It doesn't end. I mean, not not in – I've had more things, like, as far as in every business I've been in, from banking to academics to being on a date. And it doesn't matter. Anytime a woman is in a position where she challenges someone and they don't like it, you know, it happens. It happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. I've had this all uh, through my life. Yeah, I've on. had this at eight years of age with my with 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 very wealthy people in my family. I I've had this all my life. You know, it, it never ends. It's very it's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I've had to be mm-hmm. mom at university. I'll say it on air. I don't care. I had to I had to stand in front of a board because a professor in the English department approached me to take wanted me to come to his home. And take he wanted to take pictures of me in his basement. What? And yes, I was a, I was in my fourth year at Monmouth University, and I was doing finals week. And I honestly, at my age, I was almost forty, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I was so I was really shaking. I was getting ready to walk into my final exams that week, and it's under a lot of pressure. That school is almost $100,000 for one year, and I was paying my own way. And I got up, and I walked away, and I was walking into the exam, and a professor, another professor saw me. She said, are you all right? I said, yes, she said, you're not all right. And I wouldn't tell her. Later on, she waited for me, and I, I said, I can't talk to you. And I said something. She reported me being upset. I ended up telling someone else. One thing led to another. It turned out this guy did the same thing to two other girls, but they were freshmen. They were only 18 years old. Cool ended up having asking me to give a deposition to the administration, vice president, legal team. They said that the other girls were also going to give the same thing. But the girls' parents were fearful because this was such a prestigious school. So like a jerk, I ended up doing it. They convinced, they said, Warren, you have to do it. You're the older one. You're the mature one. You can handle this. They're 18. They can't do it. They're young. They're impressionable. But you can talk about these things because the things he said to me was such utter filth. I, I can't even repeat it. It was so depressing, so degrading. That and there I was. I had to be with these uh, these these vice presidents, all legal people, and I had to repeat for three and a half hours. I had to go through a deposition, and I did it. I did it for these girls, not for myself. I did it for these two eighteen-year-old girls who were being protected by parents that I didn't even have protecting me. After I did that, guess what they did? They sent in a female lawyer. After the three hours, and said, I said, now what's going to happen? And I was drained. And they said, Ashley, we're just going to um, have a little talk with him and ask him that, you know, he doesn't 
bring up these things again to any of the students. So we want to thank you for your time, Lauren. And they sent me home, and nothing was ever done again. Hmm. So, yeah, these things happen all the time, Tom. All the time. Now, hold on to that thought. This is Tom Donson, Coco Koski with Lauren Bies, Elizabeth Sharney, and Cece Harrison here on the Donaldson Files, the Christmas edition on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Tune in to You and the Law with Chief Virgil Green and Chief Keith Humphrey. The show focuses on law enforcement and their relationship with the black community while letting you know your legal rights as a citizen when confronted by the police. Listen live every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Sunday at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. This is Dr. Larry Pitoa, host of The Dr. Larry Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, inviting you to listen live every Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. I am called the philosopher of current events. An independent, open-minded conservative with my own ideas. If you are interested in advertising or having your own show, email us at labachelor40 at gmail.com. And also, you can also listen to this show and other shows on the bachelornewsradionetwork.com. So, uh, so if you're fans of Elizabeth, Lauren, or Cece, you can listen to this show as a repeat by simply going to the BassettNewsRadioNetwork.com, Donaldson Files. And this, uh, this show will be, you're able to get the back of this show and other great shows on the Bassett News Radio Network. All right. Uh, okay, Cece, do you have any comments on any of this? Uh, about sexual harassment in the workplace? Yeah, or, or let's say what's happened to the, you know, what Lauren and Coco and, and, and Elizabeth have brought up. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how long, oops, I'm sorry, how long ago that was, but uh, I want to say the the world is learning and things are getting a little bit better in that area, or at least women are finding their voice, their voice will be heard now as opposed to in the past, um, I've had my fair share of it, and myself uh, when I, you know, didn't have my own company, and I, yeah, I went through a lot of terrible things, and even to the point of having the police involved, which which wasn't always that effective, unfortunately. But I think even back then they didn't they didn't really have the the tools to deal with it. It wasn't until the late 1990s that. Um, I don't know why I'm throwing this out there, but that um, incest was thought of as really that bad by the by the psychiatry community. It used to be thought of as, you know, if it was your dad or your uncle or your brother, it was just sort of preparing you for, for life as a woman. And it really, so sexual harassment didn't even really have a history of, of validity until most recently. So it, I think that's why it's taken so long to get it to be such a a bad thing mm-hmm. for people to really be educated and acknowledge that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah very I, I much understand. so. 
Yeah, I mean, there was no so, yeah. ther- there was no therapy for it until the late 1990s, real effective therapy, because it, nobody really acknowledged that it, it was required, which is so ridiculous. But especially in our community, you know, this community, mental health community, it's not it's not new. So I think that that's hmm. part of why it's perpetuated. Okay. So that is that yeah. change. That's that's my point, I guess. Yeah. Okay, let me. Add, I'm gonna go back to you real quick, Elizabeth, and uh, then we're gonna move on. Because uh, now, no, you modeling. Now you've started. Uh, I guess because you've you've got. Because first of all, you got a master's degree, so you've been, so you're well educated, and and I know you've been thinking about going back to law school as well. Yes. And I guess yeah. my question be as a model, because obviously. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to ask, say this in a, without, because I, I guess you're a very well-educated person, and yet you've faced all of this in the modeling side of the equation. And maybe the one question is, do you, have you faced it outside of modeling as well? Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, even in the when I was in the academic setting as well, um, when I wasn't even modeling at that time, because I just started modeling actually a year and a half ago, and um, with respect to, you know, professors, especially when I had started, because I had started law school three years ago when I lived in Tampa. I didn't like the law school, withdrew, so I waited out because um, the ABA, the accrediting board here in the U.S., has a rule that if you leave any school, you don't like it, even though you pay, you have to wait out. So I waited two years to my master's, but during that time, I had these very bizarre professors um, who were very overly sexualized, you know, and they would say these bizarre comments, but I really didn't see the actual repercussions of um, the situation and how it blew up in my face when I just simply challenged these men in authority or with some type of authority. And um, especially now with my last breakup, my ex, I mean, I, he just threw me away like I was trash. And then, you know, to cover up his infidelities, um, he tried to, you know, um, go on a smear campaign, slander my name, the reputation of my business and stuff, just to pro- try to protect himself, even though he is a horrifying person. So, um, and this is, has nothing to even do with my own personal opinion about the individual. It's just how he has led on so many other people. But that's besides the point in the professional aspect. But professionally speaking, I just think mm-hmm. that there is that sense of where if you're, a, you know, a somewhat pretty girl, woman, whatever, you're always going to have some type of target. And um, I hope that that diminishes over time. And I mean, with the, I thought that with the whole Me Too thing, that would have alleviated some of that to some capacity. But I feel like it's actually agitated a lot more and has put more alcohol in the wounds, I feel, of men that I feel that we can't go into that cycle of, okay, you are mean to me. I'm going to cancel you. No, because that I tried to remedy the situation with these individuals, you know, peacefully, respectfully, but it just went from zero to a hundred and just a matter of, you know, moments. So I think that that's where, um, when someone has a little bit of authority, especially in this industry, they try to take this and project it like at a really crazy um, level and it doesn't even matter. They don't care if you're educated, you're not, you've gone to college, you have a business, or you've done nothing, or you're somebody, or you. It doesn't even matter. It happens to anybody. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. 
It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't even matter how much money you have and what you have to offer to anybody. You know, it doesn't matter. None of that is relevant. And that's why I always tell people, like, hey, it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. This can happen to you, too. So, yeah. It's just- okay. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do here. We're going to, uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to let the four of you give yourself a, what we like to see is a Christmas wish. And then we're going to move on to, I know, all, you know, anything extra you want to talk about yourselves that you got coming up. So I guess I'll start with you, Coco. Uh, in the holidays, what do you want to see? You know, you know, what's your holiday wish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your holiday. Do you have a holiday wish for yourself or for others around you? Holiday wish. Um. Not really. <laughs> All right. Well, I think so. That I honestly don't. Um, okay. I'm pretty content with my life right now. So, you know, I don't really have any really big wishes. Uh, how about you, Lauren? I have a holiday wish. I wish that everybody would really understand that they're they have everything that they really need just waiting inside themselves and that there is this beautiful beautiful spirit of passion that is just waiting for them to listen to themselves and when they when they hear that that's all they need i just want people to be kind and to listen to themselves because when you hear that voice inside yourself, honestly, everything suddenly becomes all right. And it really does. Okay. I want people to hear that. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. Okay, how about you, Cece? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, collectively for the planet, I hope that North American politics gets straightened out. For both of us, the U.S. and Canada, that's huge. I really wish that this whole COVID nightmare resolves in the best way possible for the planet, for the health of the planet and the people on her. Uh, personally, um, yeah, I just want everybody to be healthy and happy, especially healthy. And, you know, I hope for a better new year for everyone and for myself, really, just that it's the the publishing entertainment business opens up again. It doesn't just affect me, just a lot of people I know and and the world in general, you know, entertainment, Hollywood, I mean, filmmaking, um, that's a big part of our culture. So I would like to see that go back to normal as possible very soon. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth. So, um, as obviously I had described throughout the show, you know, 2020 has not been very good to me, but it's definitely opened my eyes a lot to my value. And this to piggyback off of what Lauren was saying and um, CC really just about value and, and just understanding what's most important in life, the planet, ourselves, our values, principles. And um, through the issues that I've had, I feel that, um, thankfully, my at least in my personal life, my faith has guided me a lot 
Um, I was very lost a few months back um, because this is very devastating as to what had happened to me personally because my, you know, situation came out of absolute nowhere from being with someone for so long to just being dumped and thrown away like garbage. So this has been a pretty tough year, and I only hope that um, I, I really take this and advance on that, you know, through my new endeavors with, you know, my podcast and the modeling and all that stuff, going back to law school, which that might be delayed now for some time, but, you know, everything is with time, and I will persevere as I have been and trying to and just overcoming such adversity, I just think makes me a better person. And I just wish the best for myself and everybody else, even the people that have done me wrong. So, yeah, mm. <laughs> that's good me. For you. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, like I say, I've kind of, you guys, you kind of said everything that needs to be said. As for myself and to those who heard me last week, you will know, you know, my situation. Uh, but I guess, like I say, <laughs> you know, as I told Coco, you know, told my friends that, you know, Coco last week is like, you know, it's got bad news, good news. The bad news is that I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. The good news is that they caught it early. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. It, yeah, I did. Yeah. Either, well, I, I guess, yeah. It, it, like I say, it came, you know, it's a, the bad, like I say, I say bad news, good news, because basically they caught it early enough that you know they're talking. That I have a pretty good. It, it's it's you know, the prognosis for my life of living a nice long life is is still pretty good, and I've had good physicians who over the years have you know basically made sure I got all the right testing to make sure that things you know when they you know to, to keep a tabs on things, and this is one of those good. things where. That, you know, you know I, I always tell the story. My you know, family physician was, Tom, congratulations. I, I see you turned 50. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to stick this finger to test your <laughs> prostate. I'm going to give you a PSA. And, uh, and, and, uh, and also, you're going to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> right. But that was like, I know. Happy birthday. Years. Yeah, happy, yeah. That was 17. But the thing is. You know, it's you know he's you know he was one of those guys who stayed on top. He had my family history, and you know a few months Good. ago he so said, "I want you to go see the urologist." The urologist says, "Okay, Good. right now you're fine, but you're going to come back and see me in four months." And four months later, he said, "Okay, we need to do a biopsy." And uh, and my dad went through this, and he lived a long life. Uh, I had a close oh, friend okay. of mine who, yeah, and I had a close friend of mine who's 13 years cancer-free. And he basically been one of those, here's what you need to look for, Tom. It was great to talk to him because here's what I got right. Here's what I, you know, wish I looked up more. But uh, it is what it is. But I feel far more confident than I've done in a long time. But it's nice to Am know I that I got friends. Am I going to have to be No, nice you don't have to. You? Well, why would you? No, okay. you don't have to be nice to me. <laughs> I'm gonna live long enough. I'm gonna live long enough to give you to give you more pain. <laughs> I'll live oh, long enough. Yeah, that. So, but no, it. Well, I wanted to. Like you say it's one of those things when you and you and you and you got people say you know out of the woodwork say oh, you know we're with you we're 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 all right behind you. It, it makes it really nice. And of it's you know the holidays, and it's the holiday spirit of the past you know three three weeks. I've had a lot of people say to me, "Hey, let's you know you're going to win this thing. You're you're fine, and we're going to move on." And and uh, it's you know it, you know 
And I, so honestly, I'm going to keep you in my prayers, okay? I will pray for you, I promise. Yeah. So, but like I say, I mean, the the good news is the doctor, we got this thing early enough. I'm going to have a very good prognosis. uh, You will. Going into, yeah, so that's, but I appreciate everything, all the friends and everything we have and the friendship we've had on this particular show with all of you. And I want you guys to come back in 2021 because we're going to have, like I say, this show is going to, you know, the network's taking off and it's, you know, we're going to do some different things network wise to make the show even better. But speaking really quickly, I want to, first of all, Elizabeth, you got a podcast. Tell everybody about it. So I actually just started. Thanks to you. You've been a big inspiration in my life and allowing for me to have that opportunity. And let me tell you something. When you let me on your show uh, almost a year ago from in January, I mean, it's just really taken off. It gave me a different sense as to where my power is. And I think that's in my voice. I decided to start and take the initiative after I was um, went through that horrible breakup. And um, it's called Life Trials by EAC Elizabeth Ann Charney. You can find me on all um, audio streaming services and on YouTube. It's just Life Trials by E, capital A, capital C. And um, I really need to get the... Um, uh, I think it's it's the software to be able to do exactly what you do, and I really I'm excited for 2021. Have you on there so we can get everybody on, Lauren, especially Coco. I gotta get me Coco Thank on you. here, and um, yeah. I, I'm really um, I'm excited for what this has to bring and bring everybody on, and I need that um, support and assistance and just really that you know understanding, and I just look forward to everything, and I really. Um, really look forward to working with a lot of you and especially you, Tom, and it's just, um, it's hard to hear that, but I know that you are going to persevere and it's just motivated me a lot more and what I, and my purpose in my life and what I have to do. Um, so thank you a lot from the bottom yeah. of my heart. Okay. See, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cece, you got any special projects coming up here? Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting a website built right now, and um, I'll be launching that in the in the new year, probably in the spring, hopefully before, but most likely in the spring. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, and I'm always working on some kind of writing project, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that never stops. Yeah. Okay, Lauren, I mean, you got so many things going on, so you got one in particular you like to talk about? I do. I've got a, I've got a TV project going, and I've got a finishing up on that last documentary going to a producer, and I've got and I've got another pilot going too. So yeah, I'm very excited about that, and hopefully can give up teaching any time soon, which would be amazing. And I'm moving to Scotland soon. Oh, oh right. Wow. Well, cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's just. Now, my kids love Scotland. I mean, they've both been there, and they have friends there living there. Beautiful country. And it's a lot. I'll oh, tell you I what, can't this, wait. I know. Yeah, so, so I guess uh, we're basically going to say here, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here trying to play with the board and trying to make sure I get the right thing here. And so far, ah, yes, here it is. <laughs> this is the hardest thing to do because right now I am basically – I, I'm typing with two left feet, two left thumbs here. <laughs> yes, so I'm trying to get, but I want to thank everybody for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. I uh, love all of you. Uh, Coco, 
Thank you very much. Uh, we're going here into, and we're going here in 2021, and I know it's going to be a, best, a great year for all of us. Trust me, it's going to be a great. I just know it's going to be a great year for all of us. So this is Tom Donaldson, Coco Kokoschke, saying good night. Good night, guys. Welcome, everyone, to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, we uh, have a special show for our listeners um, today, and we're going to be talking about um, police officers in their service during the, uh, during the holiday season. But before I move on, i got to introduce my co-host, who's actually – Letting me host the show for another couple of another week, and then he's going to become the host of the show. But he goes by the AK name Chief Swag, Chief Humphrey. How you doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Virgil? Hey, listen, man, I, I made a decision. Well, first of all, happy holidays to everybody. I hope everybody's having a good time. Uh, exactly. Hey, I, I made I made a decision. I made this. You did. What's that? I'm gonna go ahead on. I'm gonna go ahead on and let you host. I'm gonna let you continue to. I will be the host, but I'll let you continue to facilitate the show. So for for twenty for going into this new year, you're gonna give me all of that uh, that responsibility. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Oh wow! Absolutely, man. That's say, man. That's the kind of guy I am, man. Just because I'm I'm an only child, man, don't mean I'm spoiled and selfish. So. Well, hey, you know you. You, you definitely sound like you are in the holiday spirit of giving. Well, I tell you, man, I, I, I am, and, and it's just been so much to be thankful for. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, just the fact that we're alive and so many people have, have lost their lives and so many people are hurting, um, you know, that 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 in itself uh, – you know, I think it's a time. I think this is a day that we just we need to just be thankful for everything we have, uh, but we still have to pray for those individuals, man, who are who are just having a rough, difficult time. And uh, may God may God bless each and every one of us. Yeah, you, you're you're definitely right, Keith. You know, so many families are suffering, still suffering uh, throughout this pandemic. So many family members have lost. You know. Uh, uh, families to to this uh, pandemic, and 
you know, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, uh, just even with the release of, a, of the the vaccinations, um, there's still lives going to be lost because of this virus. So uh, 2020 has definitely been a year that we're going to look back on and, and um, you know, we're going to look back and see so many things that have happened with the pandemic, so many things that have happened uh, between uh, the police and the minority communities. And, uh, you know, we're just hopefully going into 2021 that uh, some things will, will change. Um, communities will, will come together and, uh, and not just during the, the holiday season. And, and Keith, as you know, you know, this show is going to be, we're going to be talking about how police officers are giving back to their communities during the holidays. Uh, but also, you know, what does that mean throughout the other, you know, 365 days of the year? And with everything that has happened in 2020, in, in 2020 how does that impact um, the police relationships with the minority communities? Uh, and some people will say, Keith, uh, some things that police departments are doing is it's it's a PR campaign. Uh they're doing it just for the holidays. It's gonna be business as usual after the holidays. So there's a there's a lot of things that, you know, we're gonna be talking about over the, the course of, of the show. Uh but you know, we wanna talk about some positive things because there's so many negative things that, that have happened, Keith. Um but we're hoping that our listeners will will tune in and and uh, call into the show. And uh, the, the number to call into the show is six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. And you can follow us on on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook. That's uh, you and the law one. That's you and the law one on Facebook. And you can follow us on Instagram. That's you underscore and the law. And you can follow us on Twitter at you the law one. And Keith, as you know, uh, you know, the Bachelor News Radio Network is doing a lot of exciting things, and our man L.A. is uh, got a lot of things going on behind the scenes, and he's working hard for us to have some great shows. And there is a new website that you can go to and listen to our previous shows, and that is uh, the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com the bachelor news radio network dot com and you can check out our previous shows and you can uh listen to us on uh, blog talk and uh but so wherever you are we're we're glad to have you with us and so keith uh just uh, looking forward to it and i think we're going to have some some christmas music throughout the show so we can get into the to the to the you know, the holiday spirit, you know, we're four days away from Christmas, but, you know, we got to have some, some Christmas music. You know what, man? I just had a visual, man. I, I, oh, I, just, okay. I just had a, I just had a <laughs> visual, man, with, you, with some, with some pointed ears and some little curled up shoes and a little red hat with a bell. And I just had a, I just had a picture of that, man. And you passed my candy. I don't, I don't know why that flashed in front of me, man. I just got that. I just I, got to have that visual, man. I, I, I don't. I don't. What, what did the red? What did the? What did the pointed shoes come from? You know, elf, man. You're-
Oh, your L. oh, an L. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> well, well, I guess it's yeah. good to be an F and not the Grinch. So we want to make sure that I'm not the Grinch and, and hey, you know, passing out candy and a pointed shoes, uh, you know, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you would you would be the, yeah, man, you you good dude. And I know, you know, I just had that visual. I had to share that with you and the listeners, man. I, I don't know oh, what, okay. why that came across, okay. man, but. I'm good. Now. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Well, and, you know, also, Keith, you know, we want to let our listeners know because, you know, we've been on since what about March or April. Uh, the show has been is taken off, and we uh, we're doing a lot of great things, and we've got a lot of people that listen to our show, and and uh, so you know, coming, you know, going into 2021, you know, we we talked about you know going live and doing some other things to. So people can can see who we are. So we're looking at doing, you know, uh, our shows live where, you know, we're going to be on Facebook live or we're going to be on some some stream platform live and uh, and on YouTube. So we're we're got some things working behind the scenes, but we're we're definitely excited about uh, where things are going for our podcast show. Uh, going into uh, in, into the new year, so, but um, just excited about it, Keith. A lot of good things are happening with the Bachelor News Radio Network, and also for you and the Law Podcast Show. Absolutely, man. This is, uh, you know, I think God gave us uh, gave us this vision uh, uh, to to do this, and it just continues to grow. And the main thing is, man, what I really like about working with you in LA. Is that we're just real. Uh, we keep it real. Uh, we don't. We don't. We try not. We try not to be one-sided. Uh, we be. We're open-minded. Uh, we listen mm-hmm. to people. But the main thing, we just keep it real. You know, we're we're two yeah. chiefs that keep it real. That's been in this profession for over thirty years. We've seen it. Uh, we've heard about it. Um, you yep. know, and and so we just talk. You know, we you know we 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 want to talk about it. We want to. Yeah. We want to answer the questions, you know, the hard, the difficult questions. Well, hey, we're going to keep it real, and we're going to – we're coming up on our first break, but uh, you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics, then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you missed the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free.
Welcome back to you and the law. The holiday is here. It's uh, Stevie Wonderful. And uh, someday at Christmas, as uh, 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 Virgil, uh, Chief Green, had brought up in the, the holiday spirit and the music there. Uh, guys, and not to put a damper on all of that, but um, one of the texts, and it's something that actually happened to me, um, that you guys can deal with, but I'll bring up, uh, is that how do you deal when you have a, a bad dispatcher, a 911 dispatcher? I know in my case, it was a, a lady with an attitude. She hung up on me. You know, like, I know you got to ask questions, right? But if you got mm-hmm. somebody at the door trying to get in, I don't think the questions are as relevant other than maybe what they look like and telling you what to do in that situation. But also, um, what do you do if the cops never show? How do you handle that? And there's, is there any uh, repercussions behind that? Like, if you if you call again and you complain, then they maybe don't come at all. So how do you handle that, uh, Chief Swag and, and Chief Grant? Well, say, say, L.A., that's a good – you know what, and, and that's a question that's been asked a lot of times, and that's very disturbing to me because when someone calls 911, they've got an emergency. And I've, you've heard me say this before. We don't, have, we don't have the right to tell people we're not coming to their homes. Uh, and so, yes, there is a, a complaint process. Uh, everybody has a boss. And I will tell you that as a police chief, I would want to know, but I would definitely start with the police chief. I would start with internal affairs. Uh, you have a right uh, to see the uh, the call sheet to see if that call was ever logged in. You have a right to see if was that call ever dispatched. Uh, and uh, you have a, uh, also the right to see, because that's open records. Uh, any police call that comes in is open record. And so you also have the right to know what that officer, what was the disposition of that of that call. So you definitely, you definitely have the right to do that. You should make a complaint. Uh, if you if you make a complaint loud enough to the mayor or the city manager, if you feel as though you can't talk to the police chief or or, or someone who's over that communication center, uh, just keep in mind that the mayor and the city manager will always listen. So don't ever feel that you can't make a complaint. Don't ever feel as though. Uh, you have to just fall victim to that and not and not have uh, your your concerns heard. That's that's just that's just sorry. That, that, that's that's sorry. Yeah, and I'll just add to that. You know, when people call, as you stated, Keith, when when citizens call in to nine one one, nine one one, everybody knows it's an emergency. Kids know that you call nine one one if if you have an emergency. A lot of police departments they have non emergency numbers that if it's a non-emergency, you call that number. But the majority of calls, it, it, you know, people do call 911. And, you know, and I think, you know, Keith, and I think this is where a lot of the problems initially start with the dispatcher, with the information that they're receiving and the information that they're putting out to the police officers because, if they don't ask the right questions and if they don't uh, try to get more information to give to those officers responding to calls, that officer is only going off of what either a little bit of information that dispatcher gave them or a lot of information that that dispatcher has given them. And that can make a big difference in how that incident is, you know, how things are going to play out once the police officers arrive and, you know, and I say to L.A. and anybody else who calls, if you feel that you have not 
received uh, adequate police service, even from a dispatcher, because a lot of times dispatchers, they are going from cause to cause, but there is no excuse for them to be rude. There is no excuse for them to dismiss a person who calls in. Um, and, and, you know, Keith, you and I, we've listened to, you know, calls where people have, they're, they're repeated people who call into dispatches and, and they know these people and they talk to them and, you know, a person can call in intoxicated and they have, they, they carry on conversations with them. So, and I think it's, uh, you know, there has to be a, uh, a process to file a complaint against a dispatcher. Uh, and so, uh, and if it, it doesn't uh, rise to the level of where a citizen feels that they've got, uh, you know, the, uh, a good response, then they need to take matters up to a higher level and all the way up to the police chief key. Yeah. There, there have been dispatches that have been disciplined uh, for that. And, and, and in my, in one of my previous departments, uh, a dispatcher was terminated um, for doing that and, and not, and, and uh, so you, you can't, you can't, you cannot take people's phone calls. Uh, you, you cannot, uh, make that decision as a dispatcher that if someone's calling for help, you cannot make that decision that because they've called two other times, well, I'm not going to offend anybody this time because they were, you know, playing possum the last game. You just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, You can't do that. You know, let the police officers go out there and make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've dealt with the same thing where dispatchers will say, Oh, well, I didn't send anybody because, uh, you know, I thought it was a prank or I thought it was a joke. Well, you're you're just on the receiving end of that phone call. You need to let the officers send them out no matter what and let them determine what, you know, how they're going to deal with that. But And I think that's just a, a whole – that just adds to the conversation of policing from, you know, the communication side to the police officer side and – you know, and that's why, you know, this this conversation that we're going to be having today about, you know, how police officers are, are serving their communities, uh, everybody wants to do good around the holiday season. Everybody wants to be, you know, give back to their communities. Everybody wants to help out families in need, and especially children whose parents have been impacted uh, by whatever financial, you know, setbacks, but this is something that we we definitely need to uh, have a broader conversation about. Go ahead, Ellie. And I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. And again, I certainly don't want to damper the holiday spirit, but I, I just wanted to follow up just be, because of the um, the I, I value I, I totally value and respect you guys' um, uh, insight on this, and, and you know. It, I don't know if if does it make a difference here's a question does it make a difference if if the dispatcher is a actual officer or a civilian the other question is uh, again um even if you're not calling a few times in my situation to be frank and I normally don't put my stuff on front street but you know someone was banging at my door so mm-hmm. I have the the I have the, the decision to make of if I open it and tussle with this person, or I stay inside or do something else, and wait for the police. And it never came. So 
I mean, that's a that's a tough place to be, especially when you have kids like I do. And my youngest son um, was very disturbed and nervous about what went down. Um, and, and and so when you you think about that, how do you handle that? And then um, if you're in a position or not, uh, is it realistic? Uh, Chief Swag, to be honest with you, realistic to think that you can go above the chief and go to the city council or the mayor and and feel like your voice is going to be heard because you know how it is. I mean, you know, people go, ah, man, that ain't that ain't nobody going to listen to me. That kind of thing. Well, let me. So there's some realistic turns there. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you this. No, no elected official wants to get continuing messages from their constituents that they're not getting police service or any type of service to the city. And so I can, I, I can promise you that when, when they make, if, if a citizen feels that if I call the police department, nothing's going to happen. If I call, you know, if I call the chief, nothing's going to happen. But when you start talking to your uh, representatives uh, and, or you start talking to the mayor or the city manager, I can assure you, they're going to be, they're going to be, wheels are going to be turning because they're going to have to answer. That police chief is going to have to answer to those individuals of why, number one, why did a taxpayer's call not go answered? Number number two, uh, why were we rude to a taxpayer? Those are going to have to be questions that are going to have to be answered, and there's going to have to be some formal, some form of investigation to determine and what's going to end up happening. Either we drop the ball. As the as the department, or this 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 dispatcher just didn't do her job. I mean, those are going to be the those are going to be the questions. So so yes, you do have, and 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 I I wish citizens wouldn't feel that way that they feel as though they can't reach out. You can reach out. You have the right to reach out, even if you don't want to reach out to your police department. Reach out to those local government officials. Reach out to your state officials. They they will listen to you because you voted for them, and they they won't they they they're gonna they're gonna listen to you, and they're gonna get those wheels to roll and find out what's going on. Because if it happened to you, how many other people is it happening to? Right. They, yeah. Exactly. It, uh, and you know, guys, we're getting ready to come up on uh, taking our break, but I'll just add to that that you know, it uh, the dispatchers are civilian employees. And so they fall under the, the, the police department, but uh, all dispatchers are civilian employees and not police officers unless they have police officers in, in you, know, you know, taking some calls. But, but we're going to take a quick break, and once we come out of that break, we'll pick back up with this conversation. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Join Barry Barnes for Locker Talk on the Bachelor Pad Network as he presents NFL news and evaluates players Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com.
Hey, want to welcome everyone back to You Under Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. That was uh, just a little Christmas music to uh, to bring to our listeners on this uh, holiday uh, show that we're having on uh, You Under Law podcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. So, uh, T Swag. Yeah, man. I, hey, man, you got those pointy shoes on, man, and, and uh, you got, you know, the little beard and the little pointy hat on. You ready to no, go? No, man. Well, you know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to run out and get that. Uh, so, but you ain't I'm run. pretty sure you're not gonna run anywhere. I know you're not gonna <laughs> run anywhere. Hey, man. I'm pretty sure I can come over. I can come and bar your your red pointed shoes. I know you. I know you got a pair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay <laughs> Okay well, 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 hey, you know uh, We want to welcome everyone back But if you're just now tuning in to You and the Law and the Bachelor News Radio Network You know, we're having a, a special edition of our show Which uh, we're going to be talking about You know, uh, the service that police officers uh, Give back to their communities during the holiday season uh, but Keith, you know, it, it's a time where you want to, re- you know, so many families ha- have struggled throughout this pandemic and so many families continue to struggle and will continue to struggle uh, because of just the, 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 the economic factors of everything that's going on. Um, but, you know, with everything that has happened, Keith, we could, still continue to see these incidents happen between uh, police officers and the black community. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to briefly, you know, talk about was, you know, this, this latest incident uh, took place in Virginia beach. Keith, I don't know if you, if you've seen this viral video that took place at an outlet mall where 
And this was just a couple. This was just several days ago. Uh, uh, family was out doing Christmas shopping. They were in a food court uh, eating. The police officers came up and approached the the husband who's uh, sitting down getting ready to eat. And all of a sudden, he's being told that he matches the description of a of a robbery suspect, a black male with dreads. And you know he has his wife, his kids. All this is going on, and and the unfortunate thing, and I'm the unfortunate thing that happened at the end, Keith, was the fact that they he was not the person that they were looking for. They got outside, realized he was not the person. He continued to tell the police, "You got the wrong person." The only thing that the police officer, and I think it was a sergeant to say, we're sorry, we're sorry, we got a mix-up, but you're a black man with dread. And, you know, Keith, and it's just like, you know, even when police officers or police departments try to do everything they can to build better relationships with especially the minority community, you see incidents like this happen. Then you see the incident in Chicago with the black female social worker who the police officers raided her home. She was completely naked. They showed no regard for this, for this woman's body. They, this went on for at least 15, 20 minutes before they even put any, uh, put a, a blanket around her, Keith. And just recently, Keith, in uh, Rockdale Hill, South Carolina, another older black gentleman, police officer's, Ready to his home, and this this is something we're just now hearing about that happened in 2019. But he was 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 didn't have any clothes on, and so when these when people in the minority community see these type of images, key, and it's almost like well, when they hear the things that police officers are doing around the holiday season, it's almost as if it just goes on deaf ears because it's like, okay, you're 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 trying to do something to improve your image, even if it's not that agency that did it, it still puts a black a black eye on policing across the United States. You know, man, I, and, that, and that is sad, you know, because it, it is, you know, I think about everything, the departments that I've been affiliated with and the, and the things that officers do, day in and day out, and especially, and, and there's a mindset by many officers that no child or no adult should go uh, without something special for Christmas. And, it, and, it, and you talk about all the things that officers do, not collectively, but independently. And, and we could go on and on and on and on about these stories. But however, that one incident tarnishes the entire image or, the, or, or it, it just crosses out the positive things that law enforcement officers do on a daily basis. That those small, those that small group of officers that were involved in that. Uh, if we could just get officers to understand, think, just just think, just use some common sense, just use your social intelligence, your emotional intelligence. Hold down. You don't have to rush all the time. We've gotten to a point now where we, we have the luxury of slowing down and finding out what we have. We're not, I'm not saying there aren't going to be those exigent circumstances where you have to go in immediately. But when you have certain situations, 
wait for your backup. Let's see. Let's see if we can if we can get a game plan in place. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to sound like everything's you know uh, roses and balloons and stuff. That's the way it is. I've been doing this 32 years, and I know that there are times that we have to use certain amount of force. We talked about that exigent circumstance, exigent circumstances push us to the point that we have to make immediate responses. But I'm talking about the things like you, like there, you go into this lady's house. Okay, let's, let's negate the fact that, that you went into the wrong house. Let's just put that to the side. We can't, we can't mm-hmm. forget about it. Let's just put it to the side. But how do you stand there? You know how humiliating that was for that lady? Um, yeah. To stand it, there in front it, of those men. Beyond, yeah, it, yeah. It was, it, 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 it was humiliating. And then to know that they get with it to the wrong house. Now, just think, those officers could have just delivered a truckload of toys, food, and everything to that community, okay? Mm-hmm. But that incident, that incident is going to tarnish that entire event. And that's why, that's why I say, you know, even though we say we didn't try to do that, we apologize. Man, I mean, it's just the fact that how do you apologize for humiliation? How do you apologize for entering someone's home uh, by mistake? You know, how do you apologize for, uh, you know, taking a life that may not have been, that may not have uh, needed to be, you know, that, that you probably could have prevented from, from happening? So I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we, we got to realize it's bigger than us. It, it's, it's, bigger than, it's bigger than us. Yeah. And I think that's, Keith, that's why so many people in the in the black community, they don't trust the police, they don't believe the police. And oftentimes, even if it is an, an African-American who's leading that agency, they may not even trust that uh, 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 police chief who is black or a police chief who is a, a black female because just of the culture of policing and the fact that these things you know, happen, and what are we doing to to change that image? And I think, you know, when you say, oh, we're sorry, we went into the wrong, you know, when I saw that video, Keith, and, you know, we're getting ready to come up on, take our our, our next break, but when I saw that video, this was a black woman standing fully naked around 12 to 15 men, and there was another white female police officer standing in the room in her living room, not doing anything to put any type of clothing around her. And it just kind of went back to saying, okay, black men and black women, you were put up on a slave block, put up on a podium where men and women looked at your bodies. And here we are in 2020 and our police departments are still, you know, doing these things that happen 100, 200 years ago, and it's like, how much common, how would you feel if that was your mother? But, but Keith, it, this is a, a topic that, you know, we're going to continue to have these conversations about, but, but man, let's jump in and take this next break, but uh, when we come out of this break, we're going to pick back up on the conversation that we're having, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. You know, there's that shit and dance Coming and cheating and dumber and blue. 
Hey, welcome back to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, we're playing some Christmas music for our listeners today, so uh, hopefully everybody is enjoying uh, the Christmas uh, uh, music that uh, we're playing. And uh, as we are talking about how police officers are serving their communities during the holiday season, uh, but right before the break, you know, we were talking about uh, several incidents that have happened uh, in the past couple of weeks with uh, police across the uh, across the uh, United States and how those things are uh, definitely impacting how the uh, minority communities are feeling about their relationships with police officers. Um, because again, you know, Keith, that, you know, we want to definitely talk about some some of the positive things that our uh, police officers are doing in their communities, especially with children who, you know, uh, don't oftentimes, you know, uh, their families need some help. And organizations, they do come along and they do provide that assistance for police officers. Uh, and at the same time, police officers or families, you know, they have kids themselves. So, um, but as we have seen, so many things overshadow some of those uh, positive things that happen uh, in, in our communities, whether you're in, in Little Rock, Oklahoma, or North Carolina, or South Carolina, wherever you're at, um, it, it definitely has an impact on how the uh, minority community looks at our police departments. It does, and, and there's more good stuff out there than bad, you know, that that's going on, but you just have to, you know, you just have to make it, you know, let it, let it be known that and if we want communities to buy into our, you know, to our, to our beliefs of 21st century policing and want communities to buy into the fact that we're there to serve them, uh, we've got to minimize or reduce or eliminate these things that are continually happening. Because to the listeners, I want to say I work with men and women who are, I just witnessed uh, men and women uh, put on two programs uh, over the past two weeks in my department for kids throughout Little Rock. And it's just amazing that even though with the COVID and we couldn't actually bring the kids in to shop with the officers, the officers went out um, and, and, and bought the gifts and they're going to be delivered to the family. So we didn't, they didn't allow the COVID pandemic to slow that down because mm-hmm. we know we're out here, we're out here on these calls. We're out here in people's homes. We know what they have, what they don't have, who really needs it. But I'm saying that to the listeners, these are the things that we're doing daily, not just around Christmas time. Uh, we have officers that are that are donating blood, officers that are donating clothes, officers who are donating cars to families. We have officers that are uh, ministers. We have officers that are uh, uh, helping build homes for people. We have officers that are taking people to the doctor. Uh, we have officers that are uh, buying plane tickets for people. Uh, we this goes on every day in, in throughout the nation. But it, 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 it doesn't mean a thing to, to that community when they lose a loved one or when they see a, a situation where someone is, is forced to stand in front of other people nude, crying, humiliated. That just completely throws a waterfall on the, on, on the, on the candle that we've lit in order to see clearly or, or see, be able to see vividly. The waterfall hits that, that candle and it's out. 
So, you know, yeah. we, we've got to do a better job of eliminating these incidents. I don't even want to say minimizing it, you know, reducing. I want to, I want to see these type of incidents eliminated. Is that possible? I don't know. But can we try to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it, there has to be uh, a lot more effort put into, uh, you know, you made the comment, can it be eliminated? I mean, everything should be done to work toward that goal, um, but everything depends upon every individual officer. Uh, you've got a, some good officers who do a lot of great things. You've got the bad officers who they just they, – they do things on their own terms. And uh, uh, even the, the good officers know who those bad officers are, and they just kind of either distance themselves from them. And, but those are the ones who don't need to be working in this profession <clears throat> because – this is where you're going to have to really help people uh, in in the in the worst of times. And so, Keith, we just need to make sure that the men and women who are brought into this profession that that they have a uh, a mindset that this is a service that you're giving back to your communities. And so, uh, and that should be done 365 days a year. It shouldn't be, just be done during the during the holiday season, you know, kids need um, tennis shoes, uh, clothing, and all the all the other essential things. If, if those families do really need that help, uh, there's organizations that help them, that helps police officers out, provide those things to them. Uh, but we just got to do uh, a better job, Keith. And it just seems like you see these videos. It's like, are are did you not see? What happened with George Floyd? Did you not see what happened with with uh, with Trayvon Martin? Did you not see what happened with all these other people that have been killed by the by the hands of a police officer? And here you are, you're running into a home where this woman is completely naked, or a home where an elderly black man is completely naked. Or you're taking a father up from his seat while he's eating with his family at an outlet mall, humiliating him. And now those children, now all of a sudden you want to sympathize with the kids and say we made a mistake. But you're the grown-ups. You're the adults. You're the ones who's supposed to know what you're doing and how to go about doing your job, Keith. And, you know, I always want to be – positive and, and, and uh, upbeat about it, Keith, but, you know, if, at what point do you stop and say your apologies, you can apologize all you want, but it's already done. The damage has already been done, and I think that's what's wrong when I listen to activists talk because they're they're saying we're tired of hearing police say we're sorry. Oh, we messed up. We're sorry, but you got all this training, but you're not using any common sense before you do these things, Keith. Well, the, the thing about us, we have to get it right. I mean, you know, we, we you know, although we, we have the authority to do quite a few things, you know, quite a few things that, that, that are um, just, you know, we just have, we have that authority to do some things that people think, I mean, that are just, it, it makes us look bigger than, than we are. 
and and but we also have a responsibility to get it right. Uh, you know, you can't make mistakes like knock on the wrong door. I mean, you know, when you think about it on search warrants, I mean, that, that information is, is supposed to be well vetted. That information is supposed to be the, a magistrate or judge is supposed to make sure that's vetted, that it's, that it's correct. Um, you're supposed to have a plan in place. Uh, to ensure that you've done everything possible. That warrant, that affidavit, has the descriptive factors of that location. This is it. This is it. This is it. So it's supposed to be, um, you're supposed to have a, 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 an idea, uh, a mistake-free process when you, when you go to someone's house and you're going to serve a warrant. There's already concern that we... Um, that we overstep our boundaries, uh, mm-hmm. and so we 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 don't have we don't we can't make those type of mistakes. We we can't continue to make those type of mistakes. And and at the end of the day, how do you stand there as a veteran officer? How do you stand there with with a with a woman begging you to put clothes on? You know, she's not even trying yeah. to argue with you all the fact that you know her main focus is at least allow me to put some clothes on. You're humiliating me. How do you yeah. not? How do you not yeah. respect respect that and get that done? And so, I mean, those are the things that I just don't get. I, I don't I don't understand how we continue to put our foots in our mouth. Well, Keith, and I'm gonna say this. Uh, you know, another thing that was even that even made this situation even much more worse was the fact that the leader, the all the way to the top leadership in that city is a is a black mayor, female mayor, who who did everything she could to prevent this video from being released by the local news media. And so Well let me say this now let me say this, Bert. Let me say this, Virgil. I, I, I get it and that's what but 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 I don't think because she made it very clear. Did you see how emotional she was the other day? Uh, at I her press conference. I, I mean she, she got it very emotional. But she, but well, she, see, that was she said that. Well, that was, was after dirty, the fact. But she, she, yeah. but, but she said that they didn't give her all the information. Now, I'm not saying that's an excuse. Please don't think I'm taking it saying it's an excuse. But you do have to ask all the questions. But you, you can't, you know, it doesn't look good uh, based on what we're hearing about, you know, they tried to suppress the video. That, that doesn't look good. And the, and the thing you're going to hear well, it came from the mayor's office, or it came from the chief's office, and it's hard to reel that back in. And so, oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it, it's very difficult to reel back. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending anyone. I'm just saying I, I know, I know what it feels like when people don't tell you all the facts, uh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you find out later on. So I'm just, I'm just going to say that. So I'm not defending anybody. Yeah. I just wanted to, wanted to say that. Yeah. Well, and and again, I think it's upon you know. The roles that we have as police chiefs and the roles uh, the elected officials have as mayors or or city managers, especially mayors, <clears throat> to ask more questions and to seek more information. Because oftentimes, as you know, Keith, you're only people will only tell you what they want you to know. There's oftentimes right. a lot behind what you don't know that you may find out even after you have spoken. Now you've got to figure out some kind of way to really come out and to address uh, the the issue that took place. But 
you know, Keith, uh, you know, we're coming up, man, on the the last minutes of the show, but it's been, you know, uh, this, this hour goes by so quick in, in the topics that we, we um, we've talked about uh, is, is is hopefully the the audience is uh, has you know gained a little bit more knowledge about what we talked about and the fact that you know there are so many things that's going on in policing um, and with the pandemic going on with so many people suffering it is the holiday season to some it's not feeling like it's the holidays but hopefully you know. This show we we brought some 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 uh, some knowledge to you and and along the way with our Christmas music we put you in the spirits before uh, Christmas comes up in four days Keith so uh, man it's uh, it's it's hard to it's believe that we're almost at the end of 2020. I just want to know one thing, man. Do you make their own eggnog? You know, man, I I don't like eggnog, but I I know you do. But and and I'm gonna you don't go, like you don't like be... seafood, you don't like eggnog, you don't like candy, man. What do you like, man? Man, you know what? I'm gonna tell you this. What is today? Today is Tuesday, right? Yeah. I it's Taco Tuesday, man. Four days before Christmas, and it is Taco Tuesday. So you can put some tacos in front of me, man, and I'm good. But but not with no eggnog. You can put some tacos and some tea, but not but not eggnog. But I'm gonna bring you some eggnog over for Christmas, brother. If you put some eggnog, if you eat some tacos and put some eggnog with it, do not come to my house. <laughs> I don't don't come to my house. I'm not gonna ride in the car with you. I don't want no part of that, brother. Taco and eggnog is a hell of a combination. <laughs> but I just want I want to say this, man. I got to say this to L.A. L.A. Man, Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. If it if it had, if it wasn't for you, man, we wouldn't have this opportunity. You're a great producer, man. You're a good friend. We love you, brother. Well, well, definitely. And uh, you know, there's more to come of you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and we're really excited about uh, the, the the things that we're doing, and hopefully, you know, the listeners. We'll uh, definitely tune in and listen to our show, but um, you know, uh, but we still have one show uh, before the end of the year, Keith, and I, I think we're gonna, uh, you know, come back and and do our last show before the end of the year, and uh, then we'll definitely take things in a new uh, in a uh, new direction going into 2021. But uh, we want to say, you know, thank. Each and every one of you for listening to the show, but we want to remind you that if you did not catch all of this show's episode, definitely go to the BachelorNewsRadioNetwork.com and click on You and the Law and listen to this show and our previous shows. But uh, but Keith, we want to say you know Merry Christmas and uh, we'll uh, see everyone uh, after Christmas. But Keith. You and your family have a good Christmas, sir. You too, brother. You, you too, man. And no tacos and eggnog for you, bro. Well, man, I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna bring you over some eggnog. I, ain't gonna, I may not bring you no tacos, but I'm gonna bring you some eggnog. But hey, all right, but, bro. But uh, but man, it's been uh, a pleasure. And again, uh, uh, thank you all for listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And definitely make sure you follow us on our social media on. 
Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, and uh, go and like our page and uh, just uh, make sure that you, uh, everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. And uh, and, and again, uh, you know we uh, we're glad to to have everyone tune in to us. But you're listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Merry Christmas, everybody.
to speak to Bonquisha. Yes, this is Otis. Well, tell her she is going to hear me one way or the other. Either she steps outside or either she's going to hear me through the door. You know, Bonquisha, ever since you and I stopped seeing each other, I ain't been doing nothing but thinking, thinking, thinking. I ain't been able to sleep. I ain't been able to do nothing that required you being in it. Baby, I know that we've had rough times before, but we got through it. Like the time all the power went off in the house and we had to finish cooking the collard greens on the half heater, but we did it together. All the time that the froster didn't work on the microwave and the turkey was still frozen, remember we had to get chicken down from Larry's Long Neck Lead Water Late Night Chicken House. Remember? But now I don't have you and that's why I'm having these Christmas blues. Yes, Christmas blues. Sometimes I wonder, was it worth it? Waking up early in the morning to go to the little champ to get you three pickle eggs, some Lay's plain potato chips, and a Coca-Cola. I said, self, was it worth it? And myself answered back, yes, it was real worth it. I miss you, and I love you so much. I'll do anything to make you mine again. I'm also lonely, so, so sad and blue. I'm spending Christmas Day without you. I'm very, very sad and lonely. But anyway, let me tell you something. I do have you and the kids a present this year. I had y'all a present last year, but you know, my alternator broke in my truck, and you know, I need my truck for the, um, for the go to work. And so, I had to take the receipt, take all the presents back, and fix my alternator. But I do got you a present this year. I didn't have time to wrap it up, I got in some brown pick and save bags. Also, I got some wine. I got some cold duck, baby. You need to open the door, he quacking. I remember one Christmas, maybe three Christmases ago, we ran out of ham, and you said you wanted another ham. But you really didn't say you wanted another ham. I just figured that's what you wanted. So they had a a 12 dozen crab special, so I got you a dozen of big blue crabs. I mean, I'm just saying, I just hope this Christmas is a little different. You know, I just want a little turkey, a little that sweet, sweet plum dressing. Um, you know, I just want the kids to be happy. And, you know, Bonquisa, I know when we got married, I vowed to give you diamonds and pearls. But when I hurt my back at work, my workman's comp could only get zirconia and gannon necklaces. I also said that when we moved out of your mama's house, we were going to move into a place double her size. That's why I got two trailers and put them together. Yes, baby, double wide. All those things I done for you and the kids, but I still have these Christmas blues because I'm spending Christmas out the kids and you. I love you, Bonquisha, I love you. But you know what? One thing I want to tell you this year about Christmas last year when you served up all the turkey and, every, and you know all the all of the trimmings and everything when the cranberry dressing got round to me there was none left so please could you i will i hope you have two cans of cranberry dressing in there because i love that cranberry sauce please thank you and please open the door baby it's cold Yeah. 
the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Kiss her once for me Have a holy, jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly, jolly Christmas this year Have a holly, jolly Everyone you meet Oh, oh, the mistletoe Hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Yes, once for me Have a holly, jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh, by golly, have a holly, jolly Christmas This year
Then he came down the chimney About a half past three Left all these pretty presents That you see before me Ooh, Merry Christmas, baby Sure been good to me I haven't had a drink this morning I'm all lit up I'm all lit up Like a Christmas tree
Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead And incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mel It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gifts or send them back? Send them back! Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now the goose is on the table And the pudding made of fig And the blue and silver candle That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's wig I've warned all my friends and neighbors Better watch out for yourself. They should never give a license to a man who drives a sleigh and plays with elves. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa we
and a happy new year. This is Michael Jackson of the Jackson 5 wishing a happy holiday to all Motown fans.
Before Christmas and all through the Hold it now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it. Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before I was alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow.
little food and a joke and a smoke and a little bit of wine when I thought I heard a hoop on the top of the roof. Could it be it wasn't me? I was feeling super fine. So I went to the attic where I thought I heard the static on the chance that the fans put the body breaking this. Put the noise on the top with a reindeer top. Just a trick, say, and I let the sucker in. He was rolling, he was holy, and I said, holy moly, you got a lot of wishes on your chinny chin chin. He allowed, he was proud of the hairy little crowd on the point of the door with a thin to the bit. Get food for a fool, going out every you for a day on the plane when the cold was low. Through the fear, made me weird, but I'll never have a cheer, cause it's warm in the storm when it's in below. I said, yo, God, it's cold tonight, but can you stop for a drop before you go? He said, why not? If the music hot and I'll chance to dance beneath the And every young girl tried to rock his world, but he booked the Yogi Yogi till he had to go. And before he went, this fine old Jay bought a gift with a fist to his big red bag. In the top or the bottom, he reached in and got a toy for the boys for the girls' glad rags. And a grown-up got some presents too. A new TV and a stereo you. A new Seville bought a blue in the sky. The best that money couldn't buy. Now just throw your hands in the air and wave it like it just don't care. If y'all really 
hips to hop on Like a little boy blue blowing on a horn The video on a record trying to play a song It's been that way since the day was born I like a 25 cent bag of popcorn Dip, dip, dab, so, so she lies Slut your ears and open up your eyes So you gon' here can't realize That I'm here to straight the lies Got the knack of school jack, better than Beretta Casanova found, close it down, or get down Stop messing around when Curtis Blow is in your town Don't go anywhere till I get back. Understand me? Nice.
of happy little children waiting for sunrise, a stocking full of candy and a big surprise. Look at the happiness in their eyes, they're glad it's People caroling into the night, where the snow is falling, their sleigh bell rides tonight. We'll snuggle to a nice warm fire, I'm glad it's
Happy holiday to you. We wish you happy holiday. 